When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Recently, I've been receiving a whole ton of messages from students asking about the application cycle. Everything from the basics like writing a CV and cover letter to much more specific questions, things like how does a group exercise work in an assessment center when everything's being done completely virtually online because of the pandemic? Or how do you build rapport with someone when it's being done via Zoom instead of in person? So with the help of my colleague, Zhao Yuzhang, we're hopefully going to unlock a few trade secrets and take a deep dive into some of these questions through a series of episodes, career-focused, so you feel as best prepared and as confident as you can be when applying for roles in finance. So good luck, I hope it's useful, and let's get to it. So I've had a number of messages from different students asking me at this time of year about virtual assessment centers. And it's definitely a tricky one because we are, of course, still in the middle of a pandemic and it being virtual is a slightly different proposition. People are a bit unsure of what that entails. So I thought I would get my colleague in China, Xiao, who looks after a lot of the education for us on this side of things to explain a little bit more detail about how a virtual assessment center works. But before we begin, Xiao, perhaps you could just introduce yourself. Thank you, Anthony, and hi, everyone. My name is Xiao, as Anthony mentioned. I look after Amplify Me's business in the APAC region, and I also run the career preparation series on behalf of Amplify Me. Um, prior to joining Amplify, I used to work for Morgan Stanley in the London office as a trader, and um, yeah, was also very much involved in the graduate hiring and recruitment process. Okay, cool. So, so I know having spoken to you offline, Zhao, we've got uh, a bit of an idea about doing lots of very dedicated career chats like this going forward. But as I said, yeah. really want to focus on the structure behind how exactly a virtual assessment center works. So, so what is that, that process virtually? Yeah, sure. No, no, absolutely. I think especially at this time of the year, you know, it's what, what students are really 
gearing up for and preparing for? Um, first thing first, just to, to make sure for those not necessarily familiar with assessment center, uh, at certain parts of the world, it's also referred to as Super Day, uh, even though it's not necessarily um, like a Super Day in the theme park. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, typically, I, I guess uh, the, the uh, virtual version actually carries a lot of the, you know, previous pre-COVID, uh, you know, content into the virtual assessment center as well. I would argue that there's four key parts, especially within finance, that a lot of the assessment centers uh, uh, well, well, you know, kind of, kind of entail or, or have, um, you know, first one being a group exercise. Yes, absolutely. That can also be run virtually. Um, and the second part is case studies. Um, and uh, the third part, some companies really place a great emphasis on being uh, networking. They can call it a virtual networking session or even networking lunch. Um, you know, where you are all sit there, eat your lunch uh, uh, in, in your own uh, uh, flat or place and then having the chat with each other. Uh, and then certainly the grand finale interviews, right? That, that cannot be uh, missed, uh, uh, you know, being part of the assessment center virtually or not. Okay, so, so four quite distinct phases there. And I know in future episodes, we're going to drill down, really deep dive into each one of those, but perhaps for some quick tips because i i've literally had messages on linkedin today saying i've got my ac coming up tomorrow so just a couple of uh, immediate things that perhaps that will increase awareness or could be applied straight away so starting off with with group exercises what would be your advice there sure so i think out of all these group exercises are probably one of the tougher ones for a lot of the students uh, just because the amount of exposure to this type of assessment is compared to many others uh, is relatively limited. Um, first really important tip, I think, is just really make sure you speak up during group exercise. Um, virtually, it will be, for example, in like a Zoom breakout room um, and, you know, you have assessors monitoring you while you and some others having to complete a task or have a discussion and so on. And it doesn't matter how bright of a gem you are, if you don't speak up, then they wouldn't know how good you are. So it's really making sure you speak up, you know, and also be a team player when doing so, um, demonstrating your key soft skills like working a team, communication, uh, problem solving, and uh, leadership, and so on. The other key part, I think, especially yeah, for for these few months um, with with the assessment centers and coming up and so on, is really to have that practice beforehand. Uh, especially with soft skills, I think it, it just needs practice. It's not that, you know, if you know how to spell teamwork, then you are great at teamworking. Uh, you really need to practice that. And so make the most of, you know, for example, joining a society at uni or maybe doing your own project uh, or even as part of a crew, uh, coursework uh, group, right, as part of your course, uh, really take those opportunities to get feedbacks and work with others and, and train your soft skills. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then the second phase case studies. So how, what would that look like? Sure. So the case studies, depending on the role and depending on the company, it may take form in different ways. Um, some, for example, actually do uh, set you the case study work beforehand and you simply do the presentation part on the day while others actually combine it with a group exercise. So group exercise can be just more general, but, but you know, some companies actually combine with a case study, so it involves the technical elements as well. I think, again, the, the, the trick here is A, really make sure you are prepared 
beforehand from a technical perspective um, and, and also just really be able to showcase yourself again, right? It's certainly very much the, the key. And also uh, coming back to practice, a lot of the case studies require you to do the presentation afterwards and so on. You know, having good presentation skills and communication skills will really also help during that process. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned at the beginning um, networking and while you're eating your lunch at home in a virtual <laughs> environment, which sounds a bit yeah. strange, but um, I guess, yeah, how, how would that look? What would that look like in a, in a virtual space compared to being all in a room somewhere? Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's literally the offline networking taken online, right? But I guess the difference is when you're offline, uh, I especially remember why I was going to, to my very first assess assessment center. I was so excited because the free food and, uh, you know, free, <laughs> free Coca-Cola and so on. Uh, but, but here, obviously, is slightly different. You, you kind of make your own lunch. Uh, and anyways, all, all, all jokes aside, um, I think the, the concept is very much the same, giving the uh, participants or the, you know, talent an opportunity to, you know, talk to people from the company, really get to know the company. Um, and, you know, usually, again, on virtual scenarios, they will break you up into Zoom breakout rooms. And you have, you know, chances to actually, in a much more intimate environment, maybe three or four or five students talking to one representative, as an example. But of course, each company does this differently. Um, I think it's just a great chance for you to uh, you know, engage and interact uh, with representatives and, and really, you know, be able to make some new connections. But I think also just to highlight here, some students actually, um, you know, treat this as purely a kind of a networking opportunity, which is fine, but, but certainly don't let your guard down because some firms do actually, you know, inform the representatives that if you see anyone you really like or, you know, stand out, let us know. Um, and so, so, you know, do make sure you, you actually speak up, ask good questions, really engage with the, the representatives. Don't just sit there, listen and eat your sandwich. Hmm. I guess on a, in a networking sense, one thing that's just come to mind is that if I was there in person and this person I've never met before walks in the room, it's very hard for me to then understand that person without interacting with them. Whereas if I'm at home, surely I could look at LinkedIn because they're not... I'm not there, I'm like in person. So I've got access to computer, right? And so I can get a quick debrief of like, right, what's this person? What's their role? What's their background? What's their journey? Yeah. What's their uni? And so actually, I think I'd feel much more equipped to be able to then in engage with someone because you're not going in like cold, cold completely. You've got yeah. a little bit of intel there. Um, so I, perhaps that's uh, of a benefit if you're looking at just that one angle. I, I agree. Actually, um, I would argue that the, the virtual version of this is more orderly because, for example, when you're offline and when you're crowded around one individual, you kind of are conscious, should I ask a question now? Do I wait? Um, yeah. You know, you're always like, let's wait for the other person to finish speaking. Then I'll ask my question. Oh, no, this person caught the gap before me. And that sort of stuff. But online, it's much more usually one question at a time. And then, you know, they will ask, you know, who's next and so on. So, so certainly more time for you to do your research and so on and, and ask in an orderly manner. However, though, I have to say, um, it's also because, for example, the LinkedIn example you mentioned, it's a great, great thing to do. But also, it's actually more of a test of your execution, right, of your, your communication skills. Because I've had, you know, students executing 
this uh, uh, delivery very poorly. So for example, they would say, um, you know, uh, they tend to ask questions and they will actually say, yeah, I just had a look at your LinkedIn and I saw that you're doing this and that. You know, that, that just doesn't necessarily is the most smooth way of really getting across the information that, that you've just obtained. So, so come on, know, what, um, what's smooth then? Give me some smoothness, Chow. I, I think again, you know, the the, the key if, uh, or, or the, the the common mistake I see a lot of students doing is directly addressing that. Yeah, I just checked out your LinkedIn, mm. um, and, and I think certainly each person has a different style. But for example, for for one of the examples I would give is actually just pick out the information you want to utilize, or maybe um, you know focus on, and maybe ask a question a person more about. But ask a question in such a way that it's not so obvious that you have basically just been stalking the <laughs> individual, uh, you know, for the past ten minutes. If that kind of sense, uh, kind of makes sense. So, so, for example, if you want to understand uh, why, for example, this person made a career change from bank A to bank B, um, you know, you you can you can subtly uh, talk about uh, uh, you know. Questions around, for example, I would love to hear your story of how you uh, got to here, and um, you know, did you start from uh, company B uh, once graduated, and so on, and then really lead out the story rather than saying, "Hey, yeah, I stalked you, and I see that you were here, so how come you changed?" Um, yeah. I just think that they're more, you know, it's just communication skills really, um, and, and just slightly smoother way. To, to yeah, do it, basically. yeah I, I definitely think that, you know, just to add a quick point from my side is that um, having hosted a lot of conversations in doing podcasts and things like that, trying to actively lead someone down a, a, a route of questioning, knowing their background is a really difficult skill, actually, because mm. you've got to make it feel natural. So again, I think what I tried to convey to students is that, okay, go on their LinkedIn, but instead of that creating like the script, it's more just giving you confidence that you feel like you are not so in the dark because uncertainty Absolutely. generally creates a negative mindset because you're a bit mm. unsure. And so it's more of a trigger to give you confidence rather than it is to create a narrative to just engage directly. So Absolutely. Yeah, and and I, I definitely agree. And certainly, you know, some students will then be confined to the information they've received, feels like the questions has to be evolved around those. Yeah. It certainly doesn't have to be. And mm. often a lot of the, the sparks or the common ground are found, not necessarily just because, you know, you, you read other people's LinkedIn, but but rather you're having a very just natural, friendly conversation, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, look, let's go to the final point then. The everyone's favorite or not favorite. <laughs> when it pressures on at the end of yeah. the day, you get that you get those interviews. So I guess is there a is there a fixed number of interviews? Is it different bank to bank? I know we're going to delve into interviews a lot more later in different mm. episodes, but yeah, just some just some general themes around interviews specifically in a virtual assessment center. Sure. I think look, there's, there's so much we can discuss on this topic. And um, I, I think one thing I just want to focus on, especially given, given that students are going through this process now, is uh, the key difference I see from a virtual interview versus a face-to-face. -face. Now, long story short, in terms of actual type of questions asked in a virtual interview or, or a physical one, they, they're not that much different. Uh, fundamentally is the, the company using these questions to, to get to know your uh, you know, uh, capabilities, what type of personality, 
uh, um, you possess and, and you know, what kind of person you are, basically. Uh, so you'll fit to the company, to the team. But I think one key difference for the virtual environment is the, the way some of the interviews have been conducted. Um, to answer your first question, the number of interviews usually involved really differs depending on the company. Um, and certainly when it became virtual, that, that number for many companies also changed. Uh, and, however, one big, big difference is that some companies have started to use the concept of a, a group interview. This is different to group exercise. But what a group interview is, is essentially you are in a Zoom meeting, for example, with the interviewer. But actually, there's also maybe another one or two candidates in that Zoom meeting with you. And then the interviewer will ask the same question to each person, essentially, and you take turn to answer. Now, it sounds like no different to the face-to-face. -face, and actually, you may say, oh, so if I get to go third, I get more chance to prepare. Yes, there, there's you know, some, some advantage, you could argue, but I think it actually creates a lot of more you know, interference for the, 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 the uh, students because you have to essentially listen to others' response to the very same question. And that can lead to a lot of, you know, things that you never prepare for and, you know, extra emotions kind of flowing to you like, oh, wow, that answer is great. How am I going to top that answer? Should I change my original answer? People start to, you know, self-doubt and all kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that's the, the, the really big danger that a student needs to be aware of and also be, be consciously preparing for. Yeah, and I think we, um, we've had this conversation before, but I mean, I know definitely I've been there because, you know, I'm in a position now where I get asked to speak on panels and things like that. Yeah. And there'll be a singular question and it'll be like, right, from the panel, one, two, yeah. three, and you go last and you're like, well, what else is there <laughs> to say? Everything. <laughs> so um, I guess for me in that situation, if it helps, is that <clears throat> it's okay to agree with someone <laughs> who's who's made a point and i guess personalized that point that has relevance to you in your field of expertise or experience mm. and, and what have you but it's okay to kind of like you know follow a similar theme and mm. just put your own flavor to it you don't have to be like right i've got to delve into the toolbox and pull out this magical tool that no one's ever seen before because i need to be unique and special and memorable it's like you know there's I don't think you need to do that. I mean, it's obviously mm. great if you have that, but um, it's not always the case. And I think that yeah. then, that try, I think if you have that for me mentally, that helps me manage not panicking in that situation. Um, Absolutely. Because yeah. for me, I know what I'm good at. And so if someone asked me a question, so someone asked me a question yesterday in a presentation about crypto. Mm. And I just honestly say, like, I can give you my point of view about what I think, yeah. but I'm not an expert and you're probably someone more qualified can give you a more accurate answer. So <laughs> that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think sometimes, especially in these cases, you know, honesty goes a long way and also kind of plays into managing the interviewer's expectation, right, in, in a sense. Right. Um, and, and just kind of follow on from what you said, I, I would split the questions, you know, just briefly without delving yep. too deep at the moment into two types you know, a lot of the questions will fall into a category whereby you're really telling a personal story, right? So for example, introduce yourself to me, but that your introduction of yourself should not be the same as another candidate, right? Because you're unique. 
Um, so a lot of the questions falling into that category, I definitely think that, you know, you just should stick to your own kind of story and, you know, be proud of what you've done and be proud of what you prepared and, and you've been through. Um, it's it, sometimes the stories that, that interviewers remember, it's not necessarily the most, you know, grand thing in the world, but, you know, these are personal stories and also it's about the way you communicate them. And then there are other types of interview questions, which are potentially, you know, for example, like a brain teaser, where, where actually the, maybe there is just one correct solution. So your answer will be somewhat similar to others. And in those situations, you know, if you're going last, you probably have more time to think, but also you're trying to figure out, well, how do I top what the other person said? You can't just say, yeah, I agree with everything he or she said. Um, but I would argue, actually, it's, um, you know, you, you can do this in a slightly different style whereby you can talk about and refer to things other people addressed already and spend the remaining time focusing on things they haven't had the time to talk about, really diving into things and giving your thoughts and adding flavor to it. And so, so yeah, there, there are different ways to tackle different types of questions. But absolutely, I think, you know, stay, have the right mindset and, and just be yourself because ultimately, I know, you know, it, given how competitive this whole thing is, you know, people want to find their dream job and so on. But I, I always urge students to not forget it's a two-way process. You know, you really need to, to make sure you fit in the place well and, and the place is right for you. Um, so, so showcasing yourself is very, very important, I think. All right. Well, look, um, I, I know there's, there's a risk here of you and I getting too, too deep in the, these individual <laughs> stages. So just to recap, a virtual assessment center, there's group exercises, case study, networking, and interviews and so yeah we we've got lots of plans for different um things that jam and i want to cover in the future but if you have something specific you'd like us to talk us on send me an email my email is just a dot chung spelled c-h-e-u-n-g at amplifytraining.com shoot me an email i'd love to get your ideas and look we're here to help and so the plan of action is I'm going to start putting out these conversations between Zhao and I every Wednesday. So depending on where you listen to this, whether it's on the Amplify Me hub, whether it's via the podcast, um, hopefully you know that we'll be there uh, on a Wednesday with the latest episode. And as I said, um, we'll, we'll, we'll deep dive going forward into very specific things. And hopefully it will all help in, um, in your application cycle. So Zhao, thanks very much and uh, catch you next time. Thank you and see you soon.